You're listening to Community Matters, recorded on the campus of Loma Linda University at the Institute for Community Partnerships. I'm producer Nishida Matangi. And I'm Dr. Juan Carlos Bellier. On this podcast, we uplift and listen to the diverse voices within our community, respect their stories, and engage with them to partner in building safer and healthier environments for future generations. We are very excited today to welcome Isabela Mendoza, one of our pipeline students uh, or graduates from our pipeline programs. And for those of you who are wondering, what is a pipeline program? Um, It is a program that we have at Loma Linda University uh, to encourage our regional youth to pipeline into the health professions. So welcome, Isabela. We're uh, extremely excited to have you here and kind of representing our alumni. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I've The Pipelines program definitely made such a huge, ginormous impact on my life. So I'm excited to talk about it and like my experience and everything. And you are um, one of our most engaged alumni. Um, and I think that's why you're here. And plus, you just have a great story to share and uh, a lot of great advice for people following in your footsteps. But could you um, just share you know, who is Isabela Mendoza? Yeah, definitely. Um, I am from the community. I grew up in San Bernardino. I went to San Bernardino schools like my whole life. I went to Richardson and then Cajon High School. And and in high school, I heard about the pipelines program with Loma Linda. And that's when I really got involved in, um, you know, with Loma Linda in general. And that's kind of where my passion for health and um, healthcare and public health and all of that really grew. Um, so yeah, I'm, I am grateful that I've been able to like stay connected with this program just to dive like deeper into my passions and how they connect with the community that I grew up in and everything. I went to college at UCLA my first year and then I transferred to Pepperdine. So I graduated from Pepperdine with a degree in Hispanic studies with like a pre-health focus. Um, and yeah, I play the violin and viola for fun and. I'm so glad you mentioned that because you are a musician and uh, I think there's other musicians here. Anishita is also a musician. Violin, violin's great. (laughs) (laughs) So for those who don't know, for our listeners, um, Linda is located in Loma Linda, the city, um, and is right across the freeway from San Bernardino, um, which is a fairly old city. And um, you grew up in San Bernardino, as you said. So what was it like growing up in San Bernardino? Mm, yeah, it it gen- genuinely like transformed my life. I think a lot of my passions are because I grew up there. It was I honestly had like an amazing experience. I went to um, Richardson, that's in like kind of by Valley College um, for middle school, and like at that at that school, I really was able to get more involved in the orchestras in the community. So that's kind of um, where I got more involved in not just like playing violin because I grew up playing violin like by myself. But that's when I the first time I kind of like joined an orchestra for the first time. Um, I also just connected with a lot of the students and ended up joining an orchestra called Symphony Jeunesse, where um, those students who were in Symphony Jeunesse are extremely successful now. Um, I spoke to one the other day. We like ran into each other at a coffee shop, and she's going to uh, grad school at Harvard right now. And another one who's studying for her LSAT who went to Stanford. And they're all like born and bred Tarantino um, students. So yeah, I had a I had a good experience. I think that it's a community that sticks together. Um, I think it's definitely, you know, a lot of the 
it, we've been through a lot, I guess, as a community. Um, but yeah, I had, I had a wonderful experience. And then high school, I had a great experience. And most of my friends today, like my closest friends, are from middle school and high school um, growing up here. So it was an awesome experience. I, I got a passion for community through growing in a community, growing up in a community that I think um, uplifts one another a lot. And I'm so glad you, you mentioned um, a positive experience in, in San Bernardino because a lot of what you hear or read mm-hmm. about is always negative. Yeah. Um, and that's what this podcast is about, is really lifting up those stories uh, and those voices of people who are resilient, who have dreams, who have mm-hmm. goals, um, and you're one of them. So um, if you could share a little bit about maybe like who your family is. Yeah, um, my mom's side of the family is from like the LA area. She's like, um, I guess like her background, like her family's like Italian immigrants. Um, And then my dad's side of the family, he's from Colton. He grew up in Colton, which is like 10 minutes away from San Bernardino. He went to uh, Cal State San Bernardino. And then his parents were like migrant farm workers um, who are like of Mexican descent. So they came like to Colton just because they didn't want like their kids to grow up in the migrant farm work, migrant farm worker like life. They did it to provide better opportunities, um, and I think that that has really impacted my work ethic. And really, I, both of them are very um, both sides of my family are very family oriented. And um, so yeah, they kind of came to the area for better opportunities. My mom moved here because she went to UC Riverside, and so. Um, she, they ended up settling down here and my dad, um, both of them actually, they're teachers within the San Bernardino school district. So the San Bernardino community was, it's always been, um, a big part of my family and a very, very important aspect. So you come from, uh, a whole line of, uh, educators mm-hmm. then in your family. Yeah. Yes. Everyone's an educator, like my cousins and most of them actually work in the San Bernardino school district. So it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. You said you had mentioned in your background, like a couple different things leading to health. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was that like, like, you know, going through elementary and what did you always want to be in health? What did that look like um, from elementary to even now? Yeah, um, I always I think when I was a little girl, I, I said, oh, I'm going to be a doctor when I'm older, not really knowing like what that meant. Um, but I think I always had a passion for connecting with other people. And I felt that like going into healthcare was a way to connect with people on, you know, so many levels personally, but also spiritually and health wise. And, um, I was also like always really interested in science growing up. So it just kind of like seemed like the right choice for a career. I ended up, I, I ended up like volunteering when I was 14 here at Loma Linda because it was really one of the only hospitals in the area, if not the only, <laughs> that really encourages community involvement and allowing people to shadow and have exposure to healthcare careers. And then I ended up doing the Gateway program where I met Dr. Belliard and got more involved with um, Loma Linda University. And through that program, which is a lot of it is made up of San Bernardino students, um, I was able to kind of gain a familiarity of what the different careers in healthcare are. Um, and yeah, and, and and meet people, you know, from all over, meet doctors from from Loma Linda and dentists and public health care, um, public health professionals. And so that was really transformative, I think, definitely. And taking all that I had learned to college, like it definitely gave me a leg up in preparing for my future because I was able to learn from yeah, professionals in their field. 
Can you share a little bit more about your shadowing experience mm-hmm. and how that shaped you? Uh, yeah, I shadowed at the, it, like I think it was pediatric dermatology when I was 14, like over the summer. That was really awesome because it, it showed me the difference. I think in my mind, I always thought doctors only work in hospitals and like that's it. And it showed me the different specialties that there's so much diversity and so many different ways you can go when you go into healthcare. Um, so that was really an amazing experience. When I did the gateway program, I was too young to shadow. So I didn't shadow with them, but I did shadow Dr. Samano, who was a alumni of the gateway program. That was really awesome. And he, I shadowed him at, um, a clinic on third street in San Bernardino, um, the Sac Norton, mm-hmm, the Sac Norton clinic. And that was really, really cool. I, I think something I really thought was amazing to see is he is like a bilingual doctor, which I had never seen either before in my life either. Um, so that was really impactful to me too, to really see people connect, doctors being able to connect to the community and the personal aspect of a patient rather than just treat them for, you know, their illness or whatever ailment they're going through. Um, so that was really amazing. I shot a dentist's, um, and also got the opportunity to talk to a lot of people in different departments like public health. Um, but I think seeing, and this is something I, Loma Linda teaches, I'm forgetting the motto of like Loma Linda, but it's really, to make man whole, right? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and that's, yeah, good job. <laughs> I remembered it. And that is really, I guess, is a good way to summarize my experience of shadowing in, you know, places that are associated with Loma Linda, because I think that that is really the attitude that we sh- should have towards healthcare. And that's really where my passion for public health started because I realized that just treating illnesses with like medication or, you know, not seeing the holistic, like the holistic, that words you toss around a lot, but like really like the holistic um, reality of medicine and of health and of making connections with communities and people on all levels and not just giving them medicine really impacted me. And that's what's given me like my passion for public health, which I feel like Originally, like wanting to be a doctor when I was a little girl, and now thinking about going into dentistry and specifically public health dentistry, um, I think that's what really shaped that journey. Um, and seeing, especially in communities like San Bernardino that are under resourced heavily, especially when it comes to healthcare, I, yeah, I think that that shadowing experience really just like opened my eyes to seeing like what you can really do as a healthcare professional. So going back to Dr. Samano, because he will listen to this podcast, but he is very passionate about this topic, pipelines. Like Mm. if you want to see his eyes light up, um, he'll definitely, uh, you just have to mention pipelines. But um, a story I wanted to mention about him was when he was a junior in high school in in the pipeline program here at the uh, Summer Gateway, or it was Si Se Puede back then. Uh, still called si se puede in the in, in Spanish. Um, he, we took the whole group over to the Sac Norton Clinic mm-hmm. of all these high school students, and I remember you know somebody from Sacs came out and uh, talked about you know healthcare and and all this. And at the end, we asked the question to them, "Can you imagine yourself being a provider here someday?" Wow. Okay, so fast forward however many years, two years of high school, four years of pre-med, four years of medical school, and three years of of residency. And he came back and did, uh, he became a family medicine doc there at Sac Norton. 
Um, so it was like full circle, mm -hmm. not just from high school to being a physician, but also a faculty member at the School of Medicine. Yeah. So, um, so I'm glad you you brought his name up and that you were also mentored by him, mm -hmm. um, because I think that's something that happens with pipelines is you uh, you receive that mentorship mm -hmm. and then you you continue to give back uh, to others coming behind you. Yeah, I agree. I think it really does set the foundation too. And like looking into my goals in the future, I think it's so amazing that he went back to where he grew up, and that's I guess one of my dreams too. And um, oftentimes I think when people think about being a doctor, it's just like, oh, I'm going to make so much money and like drive this super nice car. And it's really cool that I think Loma Linda and the people who go to pipelines and it's very much, um, about uplifting others. That's awesome. That's such a cool story that he ended up going to back to like where he's from too. So I like that you, um, you brought that up about wanting to be a doctor, you know, to be able to go back to your community. Mm -hmm. Um, what was that like as far as, you know, like growing up, going through high school and then like application processes and thinking about maybe what your future holds, um, thinking about San Bernardino community in the back, what was that like? Um, all through high school, I always had the dream of starting a clinic that had like music lessons and tutoring, but also gave healthcare. And then when I ended up like getting closer to Lomelinda, I saw, oh my gosh, it exists. So um, I, I, I think that it was definitely always something that I wanted to do because I was involved in ASB, which is like our student body or student government. And our student government in Cajon was really, really community-oriented. Like, we raised a lot of money for buying kids in the local community backpacks and school supplies and shoes and things like that. Um, I think for almost everyone that I know has a passion for the community um, that they're from because they know, I guess they have exposure to what it is to, like, not have as many resources. So I think that's probably where it stemmed from. When I got to college, though, to be honest, I think talking to a lot of my friends, it's, it's hard to choose... Like, do I just want to, like, live my life and go out on my own and so my kids can go to, like, the top schools and, like, you know, you start thinking about it in more of a, like, okay, so what's realistic? And so I think when I was in college, I kind of had to think about that. Like, do I want to go back to this community and raise my family here? Um, and then in college, I, I came to realize, like, yeah, I think I had an amazing education, an amazing experience, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. But at the same time, like, I didn't have access to a lot of the things that those kids did. Um, and I remember doing labs like my freshman year and, and them asking like, have you ever like used this technology? And I like, that was my first time ever seeing it. So I guess I've just been thinking about that more. But at the end of the day, what I've realized too is I do have a lot of privilege coming from, I'm not a first generation college student. I do want to come back to this community, even though sometimes there are, it's not just all like wonderful, like we can change the world. Like there are hard aspects about it. You're actually <laughs> touching on something really, really important, um, and that is the the tension that a lot of our pipeline students feel mm -hmm. about giving back to their community um, or living in a better community mm. with with more better. I say you know with air quotes because better as far as more resources. Yeah, um, and starting to think about your own kids mm -hmm. right and your family. Um, and that's the reason for and just a plug in for Uplift San Bernardino with uh, Karen Suarez and um, and company uh, out there at uh, Making Hope Happen Foundation. 
the whole purpose of Uplift San Bernardino is to um, make sure that our community, the city of San Bernardino, is a place where our young people see themselves in the future. Mm, so it's not yeah. some uh, some place to run away from, but to really come back to. And it's easy to romanticize that and say, yeah, you have to come back and serve your community. You're from here. But when you start really thinking about your family and what's best for them, you can't also blame people for saying, you know, I, exactly, I really yeah. want something better uh, or, or more resource for my kids because it's not just about me anymore. Mm -hmm. Like if it was just me, you know, living a single life forever, maybe. But I have to think about schools and resources and and clubs and and safety and, mm -hmm. and all these things. So um, yeah. so I, I'm glad you're you're bringing that up because it is a real tension, you know, within a lot of our students. So you went through the Gateway program and you were exposed to healthcare, which is a great opportunity because I don't think everybody gets to see that. Mm -hmm. um, but then what was it like, I guess, like starting your healthcare adventure, I guess, um, with applications? And you said that your family wasn't necessarily or your parents weren't necessarily first gen students or you aren't a first gen student, but you are a first gen medical student. Mm -hmm. And being a medical student is a whole other ball game, um, you know, with different applications and things. What was like? What was that like navigating um, from being in high school to actually getting to UCLA and Pepperdine? So for high school, I do feel like I I was surrounded by I was in the IB program at Cajon, so it's very much emphasizes college, college readiness and applying to all the schools. And that's something that's always a priority, which I really love. I wasn't part of AVID, but AVID also, they prepare you a lot for college applications. So I'm really grateful for that aspect. Like a lot of my, my teachers, I was about to say professors, but the <laughs> teachers read my applications and going back to that community thing, a lot of the alumni of Cajon would help read applications as well. And something else that Cajon has, which is amazing, is they have an alumni day where you can make connections with alumni. So I made connections with some alumni of Cajon who were now doctors or who had went to top colleges, and they were able to help me with that process as well. And my parents definitely helped me too. Um, so I think the college process was difficult. And one thing I will say, which I'm so glad that it's changed, but something that I really think put a barrier to a lot of kids from communities like San Bernardino where the standardized testing because I remember I took my SAT at, um, in Redlands and I was talking to one of the girls and they were, she was like, yeah, I've taken it like seven times. I have like a private mm -hmm. tutor. And that's just not the reality of like really anyone in the area. Right. Like I did like the Khan Academy thing online. Um, so I'd say that was really the biggest barrier. I think the hardest aspect of applying to school was the standardized test aspect. Um, and that was a similar story for like even my best friend. Like we were both valedictorians. Um, but we both didn't score super high on the SAT. And I think we have, we were, we had applied to like top, top, top schools and we didn't get into a lot of the really top ones because I think at the end of the day, our SAT scores were just like not meeting that threshold. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's a really awesome thing that has changed, like this stepping away from standardized testing, because I really do think that they, uh, they do discriminate against people from like different, you know, socioeconomic statuses and from different areas. Yeah, folks that can't afford all the prep courses for SAT yeah. or even know about the process or that you can take it as many times as you want. How about the PSAT? I'm curious. Did 
did that? It was did free. You? They gave it to us. Okay. Yeah. But did you prepare for the PSAT? No, no. Okay. Yeah. And I wish I had. I didn't even know, like, a week before the test, they took us all to, like, the auditorium and yeah. they said, okay, you can take the PSAT this day. And I scored horribly. I was, I got a horrible score because I, I didn't prepare for it at all. And, and I didn't that's realize. The money maker. That's the thing. That's, yeah. that's how you qualify for that one scholarship. I told you what it's called. National Merit. Mm-hmm, the National yeah. Merit and Scholarship. There's a Hispanic National Merit Scholarship. So there are, I mean, the kids who know, the families who know. Mm-hmm are taking the PSAT from like, you can take it as many times as you want. And I think that's what families need to know. Yeah. Um, you can take it as a practice. It won't count until your junior year. Mm. So by the time the, the, the folks who know take it their junior year, they've taken it so many times, like you said. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned that because a lot of our families in the community have no idea. And you said that you found out about the PSAT a week before you took it. Mm-hmm. Right. And other students in, in more privileged communities are taking it for years yeah. before then. And I, I've talked to students who said they didn't know until the day they showed up. Oh, today mm. we're doing the PSAT. I think I struggled a lot with like test anxiety throughout college because I, I wasn't used to like those big standardized tests. And I don't know. I think that that was probably the hardest thing of applying to colleges. Um, for me, uh, also deciding what college I wanted to go to, I ended up transferring. So I, you know, I How guess did you I make didn't. That decision? Well, the top schools that I was really choosing between, I got into UCLA, Berkeley, Pepperdine. And those were really the top three. I thought about UCR too, um, but I, at the end of the day, I think it really was like the name. <laughs> like I thought, oh, UCLA is like the best school I got into. Like I have to go to that one. Yeah. Why, um, why not Berkeley? I didn't, I just didn't feel it like a connection to it as much. So it wasn't the distance? The distance was definitely a factor too. I think I don't know that I could have done like living that far from my family and stuff. Um, So it was a factor. So at the end of the day, I really only was considering like UCLA and Pepperdine and kind of UCR. And and I mentioned distance because that comes up a lot too, Mm -hmm. especially for for our female uh, students. Um, A lot of the families want to keep them close. Yeah and don't feel comfortable, especially with their first gen, mm-hmm. um, having the, the students go too far away. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, and, and that's one of the reasons why we started the My Campus program, to mm-hmm. try to get students to consider Loma Linda as their campus. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that it's not just the school that they drive by on the way to the school they attend, but they actually envision themselves going to Loma Linda. Yeah, because awesome. it, it is local and you don't have to go very far if, if you live in this community. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, that's huge too, being able to yeah. be close to your family um, and to have that support system. Um, so I applied to dental school. Um, in that process, I if I did not have Loma Linda, I don't even, like, I don't even think I would have applied. Like, I, have, I would have had no idea what to do. And I used, like, almost every resource Loma Linda, Loma Linda gave me, and I really do credit a lot of the fact that I got into like being connected with Loma Linda. I had an amazing mentor through the T2S program, Dr. Cho. She's a uh, faculty here and she went here actually for dental school too. And we talk a lot and she's awesome. She's such an inspiration for me too, especially I think something I struggled with was like being wanting a family and like being a woman going into a career in um, dentistry. I, I guess I was always worried. Like I, at some point I do want to have kids and I want that to be a big, that would be my priority over my career. And that was something that I didn't really know how to handle because all the women in my life who like had kids that took their career, like they took time off work or they just 
you know, it, they never had a career that came in front of their kids. They had to choose. They had, yeah, exactly. So she is just such an incredible example of like being such an awesome mom and still having a great fulfilling career. Um, and that's Dr. Unicho. Dr. Unicho. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I, Dr. Sharani helped me with my test anxiety and she's an awesome resource. And then, um, Dr. Belliard, you helped me a lot too, just knowing kind of navigating that whole application process. So just cheering you on. Yeah. So um, it was tough. Like taking the DAT, it was like, it was extremely difficult, (laughs) like mentally and just, I don't know, going through that entire process. Um, I only knew one other person at my school who was taking it and um, he had a different experience. His parents were a dentist, so he had been practicing for the DAT for like a while. Um, And yeah, it was a completely different experience. Also not being, I was a Hispanic studies major, so I took the prereqs, but I wasn't a bio major. So they had like plant biology on there, which I had never taken. So I had to like teach myself plant biology and then wow. memorize it. So it was a lot. It was definitely a difficult process, but and by the grace of God, happened? I made it through. And I made it in. <laughs> so, yeah. And you were accepted into dental school. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then so what was amazing. And then, <laughs> and then, <laughs> yeah, I was so excited. I think I, that was like my everything be getting into dental school was like, oh my gosh, I, I was, I remember I got the call and I was crying. I was so happy. Um, and then over the summer, I, I just felt like uneasy about going in immediately. I just like felt like it wasn't the right time for me. I was really anxious about it and I just like, it didn't feel right um, for me at the time. And so I ended up like talking to a lot of the, the faculty there and saying that I was gonna not end up like matriculating that year um, to take a year off and just to really, I think a lot, I, I was honestly, a lot of it was like, I don't wanna say it was totally fear because I'm glad that I took this year off to like mature and understand exactly what I want for my future and know that I'm making the right decision because it's a huge time investment and money investment and life investment in general. So I'm definitely happy I did it. Do you think there's, you know, outside expectations that um, that kind of made it hard for you to say yes or no, like, you know, mm-hmm. kind of be in the balance yeah. um, or even just like that pressure of, you know, make my family proud because I feel like that's something that's that's there regardless of if you're aware of it or not. It's just always there. I don't think my family ever put that on me. I, w- I think that, like, uh, something my parents said a lot, and it didn't, like, it really made me feel good, but it was like, you're going to be, like, the first Dr. Mendoza. Like, that's awesome. And so that is always something that I, no matter what, like, I want to be Dr. Mendoza because I want that. Like, I want to make my family proud, and I, I that's, yeah, I guess that's something that was definitely a factor and is a factor in my decision. That's something that I want to be able to say one day. Um, And yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of factors not really knowing anyone who has done, other than Dr. Cho, like she was really my only like person who has done dental school. So I think there was a factor of like, I don't know how to deal with the financial aspect, the years of being in in grad school. I, I think because it was, really a goal in my mind for all of my life. I, I never thought about what are the real, like the real aspects of it that aren't glamorous and that aren't like going to my dream dental school and becoming a dentist because that's part of it. But then I had never thought about the financial realities or the time realities or where am I going to live? Am I going to, you know, live with my parents for all those years, but do I want to help them out? And like, you know, there's, there were other factors that I think I hadn't 
I know I hadn't thought through. I, it made me feel very, I guess, validated. I spoke to the dean of admissions at the dental school, Dr. or um, Mrs. Esther Ford. And she just goes like, yeah, you're you're really young to be going into dental school. So it's good to take time off and to just know know what you're getting yourself into. Um, so a big commitment. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned finances several times. Mm-hmm. Like how big is the sticker shock? Because dental school is probably our most expensive school, right? Yes. Although you finish in four years and then you can work. Yes. But the amount of loans... I mean, how, how does that kind of register in, in your mind and how, how big of a factor was that? I think I just, I would think about like, okay, if I'm going to go $500,000 into debt and then that's going to have um, like interest as well. That was something that scared me. Um, and not to say that like, I don't think it's bad. Like it, it is that way for a reason and it's a wonderful career. So it makes sense that it costs so much to do it. But I just felt like if I was, going to sign up for that much of a financial commitment, I feel like I should understand that aspect of it. Like, I I don't think in any other world would I sign up for a $500,000 loan and not know like, okay, how am I gonna pay this off? What's the process? What are the opportunities? Because now I like, I kind of knew about, there's there's loan repayment programs or like joining the military, they pay it all back. But I had never, I didn't explore any of that because my priority was getting into dental school and then I did like summer school, so I never thought about it. So I don't think it, it's, it was like a, oh, it costs this much? Okay, I'm not gonna do it. It was just, I felt that I hadn't given enough time to really consider what the implications of that would be mm-hmm. on my life. And also I didn't wanna go into a blind because in the same way with college, I, I don't think I did. Like I definitely applied to a lot of scholarships. I actively went after those and I was able to do it in college, which is not as much of a luxury in dental school because it's so so time consuming. I wanna take us back to college. Mm-hmm. So um, Malcolm Gladwell, one of my favorite authors, yeah. and I think it's in uh, David and Goliath. He mm-hmm. talks about big schools versus little schools mm-hmm. and being a small fish in a big pond or a, a big fish in a small pond. Mm-hmm. You had both experiences. Um, what would you suggest or advise other students that are considering between a, a larger school? And maybe it depends on personality and individual yeah. you know, situation, but what was your experience being a, a small fish in a big pond or a big fish in a small pond as you went from UCLA to Pepperdine? Yes, uh, they were completely, completely different. At UCLA, um, I don't think it was, it just was, like, of course, like you said, it if your personality is more fits to one, like, of course, do that. So this is by no means, like, this is what you should do to anyone listening. But um, in my experience, I felt that going to a large school like UCLA and like UC Berkeley, and I've, I've actually, it's not my, I thought that I was, like, alone in this experience, but a lot of people I know from high school and from even just, like, con- different connections, they have hard times at big schools. Um because of, I think, the community aspect. It's hard to build a solid community when you're surrounded by so many people, which kind of seems counterintuitive because you think the more people that are there, like it's easier, but it wasn't. It just feels like you're a number at sometimes. Um, and that was really the first time in my life where I really experienced like, oh my gosh, I feel so lonely. I feel so out of place. I felt like imposter syndrome, definitely. Like I didn't feel like I was in the right spot. And my lecture halls were like 500 people. It was not a pop it wasn't the best experience for me. I'm grateful for it though, because it definitely 
helped me grow in my faith. I think that that was like the first time when I really relied on God. Because of him, I, I didn't experience the loneliness that I think I would have. Um, so eventually I ended up applying to Pepperdine. And to be honest, the reason I didn't go to Pepperdine my first year was because a large factor was it wasn't, it's it's not to this day, but like diverse at all. There's not, it is definitely a predominantly white institution, which UCLA is as well, but it's different because I think you have larger, because it's larger, you have a larger group of people who like look like you and who are like you and who have similar backgrounds as you. Um, but at Pepperdine, that's not a reality because it's smaller. I guess there's less programs to get involved in. So it's a trade-off, but at the end of the day, um, I ended up choosing Pepperdine. I'm so grateful I did. It was a smaller environment. My professors had like personal relationships with me. I remember going to office hours at UCLA because I thought like, okay, this is the solution. Like I'll get to know my professors. And there were like 60 people like crammed into some tiny office. And I just, yeah, it's, it's just really hard to build connections there. And what I've learned is that college is really the place where you build your network that's going to propel you in life. Like I... I didn't realize how important networking is. Um, and I think something that is always going to be a reality is, you know, people have like parents who can hire them to their companies. But it's like if, if you don't have that experience, which I didn't, college is the place where you build those connections so that you can not even just like to get hired somewhere, but to learn about what I care about and what the people, what different people in the world are like and what different opportunities are out there. Um, so at Pepperdine, I was really able to dive into that. Um, and my professors, one of my professors, it was during the pandemic. So I had, um, like in the beginning of the lockdowns, we had to do school from home. And I worked during the day so I couldn't go to her office hours. And she would FaceTime me like when I got off my shift at work at 8 p.m. and help me with physics homework. Like that's something that would have never happened at UCLA. And it was just, yeah, it was an amazing experience. I have amazing friends there. So I like the small school more personally. Um, there is a trade-off though, I think, uh, definitely the diversity aspect is a, is a definitely a th real thing, especially at Pepperdine. Um, but going to UCLA, seeing the things that a lot of the students did, like there are a lot of, um, cultural sororities and fraternities, which is not really a thing at and clubs mm -hmm, and clubs at, at Pepperdine. But, um, now, actually, there's a sorority, Lambda Theta Nu, that me and a couple of my other friends in LSA, which is the Latino Student Alliance, we we formed together. So they're going to have like a Latino sorority at um, Pepperdine, which I'm so excited about. And that's, I think, goes back to community and how important it is to pour into your community. Like, the reality is there are people at Pepperdine who are first gen or who don't have that connection, who didn't grow up in the communities that a lot of the people at Pepperdine grew up in. But I think when you can lean on community, I realized like I'm not part of that sorority because it started, it was too late for me to join, but it's like now it's paving the way for so many other people to feel at home and to feel like they belong somewhere. So they're way different and there's positives and negatives, but I would definitely say going to a private school is a lot better. <laughs> I like a small school is a lot better. So. For you. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's great. I know you mentioned music at the beginning and I know just being in college, just being a college student can be really tough. Yeah. Um, was music ever, I guess, like a source for your, how meaningful is music mm -hmm. to you? Extremely meaningful. I stayed in music uh, all throughout college. I played in the UCLA orchestra. Um, I ended up switching to, so I started on violin, but I switched to viola because for, like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I needed it for the scholarships. <laughs> it's not as fun, Good but, <laughs> but it was good for the scholarships. So yeah, I played in the orchestra at UCLA and I didn't, that wasn't for a scholarship. I just did it for fun, but I met a lot of 
some great friends through that program. Um, and it was just a really wonderful, like, de-stressor thing. It definitely made me feel, like, at peace in a lot of ways. And always I feel in music circles, you meet people like you. So I met a lot of my friends in uh, the music circles. And then when I applied to Pepperdine, a finan the financial aspect was a big uh, deal to me. And something I will say is that if you qualify for federal aid, it's usually like similar, it, private schools and public schools, because they have to give you enough aid. Because So that's kind of, I think, a misconception that you're always going to pay the sticker price because that's, that's not really the reality most of the times. But Pepperdine was more expensive than UCLA for me. Um, and I auditioned for the orchestra to get a scholarship and I ended up getting a scholarship which made it like more affordable than UCLA which was literally such wow. a blessing so um so I stayed continued to do music and at Pepperdine um in the orchestra which was also a really wonderful experience I I'm glad that I was able to keep it up because on my breaks I would go to the um Dr. Connect at the at yes. the farm school she yeah. does the community uh lesson so I, CKC Music. Yes. So, so you I did were that. a mentor in mm -hmm. CKC Music. Yeah, yeah, I started doing that when I was 16. I was uh, part of the Cal State San Bernardino Orchestra in high school. Mm -hmm. And the director, Dr. Lucy Lewis, she's yeah. she's connected with Lim Linda. Linda and, yeah. yeah. And she like referred me to Dr. Tech and she was like, this would be a really cool opportunity for you. So I started then and like I, I'm not able to do as much now because of work and stuff, but when I have the opportunity to, I try to go. So wonderful. Mm -hmm. Well, um, thank you for taking the time to, you know, come out and talk to us. Mm -hmm. And um, I think you're you're such a great example of, you know, the way that Loma Linda invests in mm -hmm. the community here in San Bernardino because of the different programs you've been involved in. But then um, I think that's one of the things we've been trying, especially at Institute for Community Partnerships, um, to make sure that students from the community can see themselves mm -hmm. at Loma Linda. Um, and it's not, you know, like this untouchable place that they have to go to. Yeah. Um, but for, do you, for those other people. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have anything you'd like to add um, before we before we end? I think just to say um, that I'm just so grateful for La Milana. I don't, I, I've gotten so much of my passion for community and awareness of like social determinants of health and all these things. And I, I, I feel like La Milana has done so much to outreach and has in my life has impacted my life and I know they've impacted so many other lives so I'm just I'm so grateful and I think that I don't know I hope to be able to give back to um the way Loma Linda has given to me so thank you for having me I'm, I'm so honored to be here no, I just want to thank you Isabella it's been a joy to watch you mature and grow from high school to college and now looking at grad school um yeah it's been a, a real blessing you, you inspire a lot of us and, and this is what we enjoy the most about our jobs is uh, getting to work with uh, youth like you. So thanks for giving up of your time and, and sharing a little bit about your life and, and your goals with us today. Thank you so much. Well, thank you again to our listeners for um, taking the time to listen to Isabella's story. Um, and we hope to continue to share more stories of our community and the work that we do from Loma Linda um, and getting to partner with San Bernardino community. So until next time.